Welcome back to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Bowden, and today we're jumping into a brand new theme all about overcoming. And you know, I get really excited anytime I listen to Graham talk about warfare because he is never focused on the enemy. He knows from experience that the key to battling well and overcoming difficult circumstances is to look for the majesty of God above all else. And hey, just before we dive in, I wanted to take a moment to say that we are so grateful to have you here with us. We love getting to journey with you. And if you've been impacted by what you're hearing right here on the podcast, feel free to let us know by clicking the link in the description of today's episode. Now, let's jump in with Graham Cook as he explores why the majesty and supremacy of God is always the starting place for battle. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this moment right here, right now. Thank you that we're gathered because I believe this room is full of people who are on the journey of becoming warriors and champions and game changers. People who want to make a difference who want to go up against impossible odds and win because they're walking with the one who's never been overcome. Holy Spirit, you're, you're so welcome in this place. Come and do what you do best. Breathe on us. And in the course of this time together, take any fear out of our heart and replace it with an excitement and a joy about who you are and who you're going to be for each one of us. And I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to fill this room and touch each one of us, that you would connect your words with our life experiences and cause us to grow and expand in our thinking and our perception and our language so that our stance in the world is so much stronger and more powerful. For Jesus' sake. Amen. So I want to talk to you this evening about setting the scene for the battle. And there are some key elements that we always need to keep in the forefront of our thinking. First of all, there are two kingdoms, light and dark. There are two gods. There's the God of heaven, big G, as we call him, and there's the God of this world, small g. There are two battles over every issue. One battle to get free, the second battle to stay free. Many of us have known people who've won the battle to get free but lost the battle to stay and abide in that freedom. There are two encounters with Jesus that are required for success in spiritual warfare. One of them, we have to know Him as Savior, and the other is, we must know Him as Lord. And that's a big part of our journey, is establishing the Lordship of Jesus in our life, because it's not enough to be saved. Salvation is the entry point 
to all that God wants to be for us. Fabulous entry point. But the goal is He becomes Lord. In every life situation we face, we are exhibiting the Lordship of Jesus throughout our life situations, which gives us the anointing and the power and the authenticity to practice that overwhelming nature of God on other people's situations so that we can create freedom wherever we are. There are two ongoing experiences in Christ that we have to practice in all circumstances. That is, you in Christ, which is about your placement, that God has placed you in Christ. And in that placement, you experience, you actually have encounters and experiences of grace that change everything for you. That you experience, you have encounters with favor, with permission, with the whole excellence of being in Christ, so that no situation is beyond you, no situation is beneath the Lordship of Christ. Every situation elevates you. Every situation, we believe as a community that every situation is designed to cause us to grow up into all things in Christ. And nothing is beyond us because nothing is beyond Him. And this is where we practice everything in the substance of our life Monday through Sunday. And the second thing is that Christ is in us. We are a habitation of God by the Spirit. We're in the New Testament. We're not in the Old one. We don't have a visitational relationship with God. So we're not waiting around for something that will never happen like revival, which is the biggest religious myth that I know of. Why are we pinning our hopes upon an event when we have the indwelling presence of God that causes us to rise up? I think every time we focus on revival, our focus ta is taken off the indwelling Christ and the power of who He is in each one of us. You know, when you read the, all the stuff on revival and revivalists, you, you realize that many of those great men and women didn't know they were revivalists at the time. They were just living in the fullness of Jesus. And so they were like Gulliver in Lilliput. They were like Gandalf surrounded by hobbits. People who put more faith in the revivalist than in the one who actually revived them. That seems a little weird. But that's religious Christianity for you. It's always looking for a superstar because Jesus apparently is never enough. Well, we're turning the tables on that. Because the Bible, there's no actual... Revival is not mentioned in the Bible, not once. But fullness in Jesus, it never stops talking about. The abundance of God, the favor of God, the fullness of God, the life of Christ, 
Christ in us, the expectation of glory. The language is so rich about our relationship with God and His relationship with us. That's where the real issues of the kingdom are. The reality of Christ within. So, we are provoked by that. We want to see a community of believers raised up in this country and around the world that are absolutely provoked by the majesty, the sovereignty, the supremacy, the beauty, the magnificence of who God is, and who are willing to get caught up in that to extraordinary lengths so that wherever we go, we light fires. We kindle something. Majesty pours out of us. Like Caleb, we can take territory. Because in the fullness of Christ, you know, He's designated a piece of territory for all of us. There's territory out there that's got your name on it. It might be your place of work. It might be the street in which you live. It might be your subdivision. It might be your city. It might be your region, whatever. There's territory out there that's got your name on it. And the Lord is calling you up and making you fit that territory that He wants you to have. And so we're learning in the business of life just who we get to be in Him. Christ in us, us in Christ. There's a mystery and a majesty attached to our story and our journey. And we are a people who are going to explore that for all we are worth. We're explorers. We are unashamed triumphalists. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. What we're learning is the always part. That we have an expectation of fighting and winning. My baptismal verse, uh, 1 Timothy 6.12 was, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Fight the good fight. This is a good fight because we get to win. And we get to learn how to win in increasingly more powerful ways. And rejoicing is a key factor in warfare. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This whole idea that, that we are engaged in warfare so that we can win the victory. The Bible says that victory is a gift. And some of that is we're learning how to stand and not run. We're learning how to stand and then we're learning how to press in, not to the enemy, we're learning how to press into Jesus. And as we press, that's why it's important for us to look at Him before we look at anything else. Look at Him before you look at a problem. Look at Him before you look at the enemy. Look at Him before you look at adverse circumstances. <clears throat> because as we press into Him, all kinds of gifts are available to us in Him. Wisdom is a gift. 
Righteousness is a gift. Victory is a gift. God gives us the victory. It's like Graham. Victory. He gives it to us. We don't earn it. We don't work it up. We don't try and psych it up in ourselves. You get a hold of the majesty of God and it comes as a gift. It's like faith. You know, Galatians 6.2 says, Faith works by love. Never understood why people are always bothered about faith. I haven't got enough faith. It's like, get the love of God and faith is a consequence. Faith works by love. When you know you're really loved and you're basking in the love of God and you feel so loved, faith is right there. Not a problem. Hebrews 2.14, Through death Jesus rendered powerless him who had the power of death, the devil. 1 John 5.4, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. John 16.33, In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I've overcome the world. That's Jesus' perspective. Graham, I've already overcome this. Just be encouraged in who I am for you. Don't try and look at the victory and try and work out some kind of victorious scenario for yourself. Come and stand right next to me. I'll give you the victory. But you need to understand that in me, I've already overcome these things. And I'm pulling you into the place where victory is assured, it's a lifestyle. So what if God wants you to be under the pressure of peace? What if He wants you to feel the joyful, wonderful pressure of being the beloved? What if faith is about the joy and the peace in believing? See, what we're doing here is we're learning to see things in a kingdom way. We're learning to see what this kingdom is really all about and why he's the king. I like the pressure of peace. I like the pressure of being happy. I like the fact that if I practice patience, the enemy comes under pressure. That's particularly thrilling. I like this key that the joy of the Lord is abundantly more powerful than any stress or pressure. So what if the answer to some situations is either to laugh out loud because God is good or to stand in the peace of God because He's peaceful? The real you is never stressed. The real you is learning to be peaceful. And whenever you practice the nature of God, the enemy gets a headache. Peace affects him. Joy affects him. Grace affects him. Faith scares him. Everything that God is for us 
is automatically effective against the enemy. I have won more battles by resting in the Lord than I have by exercising faith. I've won more battles in the faithfulness of God than by exercising authority. There's something about being in Jesus that has to become utterly magnificent for us. I think our difficulty in the church is that we're not astonished by who Jesus is. And I think, you know, the last big issue in the book of Acts was about dullness and astonishment. And it seems to me that if, if we're not practicing being astonished in who God is, then we become dull of hearing We've become dull, become gray, insipid in our responses. And then we're crying out for rescue because we don't know how to win. So all I'm doing this evening is setting the scene for battle. It's about the majesty and the sovereignty of Jesus. 